Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. This morning, we are continuing on with our sermon series, Respect, Love, Fear, Honor. Uh, over four weeks, we're just looking at 1 Peter 2, 17, uh, and what it looks like for us to relate well uh, to different areas of society, to everyone, to our fellow believers, to God, and to our civil authority, which if you were here last week, Pastor Wayne uh, spoke on that one last week. So 1 Peter 2, 17, it says, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honour the emperor. So this morning, I am focusing on the first imperative, show proper respect for everyone. So to help us have a full understanding and appreciation for this verse, I'll start by giving you a little bit of context. It's always a helpful thing, right? When you're trying to figure out what a verse means, just zoom out a little bit. What is this paragraph about? What is this chapter about? What is this book of the Bible all about? So 1 Peter is addressed to the persecuted church, persecuted Christians living in five regions of Asia Minor. And here uh, in chapter 2, Peter is wanting to comfort and encourage them to stay strong in the face of persecution, adversity, uh, suffering, adversity, and he urges them to put all of their hope in their future with Christ, right? We have the most amazing hope. He's reminding them of this, and then also to obey and trust God in the present despite their suffering. And so he's teaching us here really uh, what is required to grow spiritually. Peter is reminding us of our duty and our privilege as God's chosen people, that we are just pilgrims, uh, sojourners in this land. This is not our forever home. Uh, and because of that, he's encouraging them, man, live right while you're there and remember the future hope that you have. And so then uh, in verse 17, he's also just giving them some clear instruction as to how we should behave towards others. So Peter's heart is not only to teach us uh, that we should do certain things and we shouldn't do certain things, uh, we should speak a certain way, we shouldn't speak a certain way, but more than that, more importantly, he's actually, um, his heart is to teach them to be a certain kind of people, a certain kind of people, to have a certain kind of heart. And so just a little bit above uh, today's section, if you look in 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10, he's describing the certain kind of people that we are. 9 to 10, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
So please hear Peter's heart this morning and hear my heart this morning. Christianity isn't the list of do's and don'ts, but rather it's about knowing who you truly are, whose you truly are, who you belong to, who you live for. That is the best foundation. We are God's. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. What extravagant language God uses to describe us. A people for his own possession. We've been called out of darkness into his marvellous light. What could be better? We have received undeserved mercy. God's beautiful mercy when we did not deserve it. And so from that foundation... Right? He reminds them who they are. He reminds us who we are from that foundation. How then shall we live? We must live our lives in light of all of that glorious truth. This is Peter's heart. We are God's children. Let's then live like it. Let's live as children of the light to reflect his glory, to show his mercy, to show his love, to those around us. So all of that brings us back to 1 Peter 2, 17. Show proper respect for everyone. The ESV uh, puts it as honour everyone, and the message words it like this. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. So there's a few words coming through here. Respect, honour, dignity. And I did a little bit of digging uh, about... Respect, And it seems in terms of people, respecting people, there was two main definitions, okay? So one of them is a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, their qualities, or achievements. The synonyms for this type of respect are things like a high opinion, showing admiration, appreciation, favour, or, or reverence. The second definition is to have due regard for the feelings, wishes, or rights of others. The synonyms here are things like consideration, thoughtfulness, attentiveness, politeness, and courtesy. So I think here in this verse, uh, it's pretty clear that Peter is meaning this second definition of respect, in which we are to show consideration, thoughtfulness, attentiveness, politeness, and courtesy for others. As children of God, we are to have due regard for their feelings, their wishes, and the rights of others, right? And it reminded me, as I was writing this, of what Jesus teaches in Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The age-old golden rule of treat others as you would have them treat you. So it would be pretty difficult to have that first kind of respect for everyone. It wouldn't actually be right or helpful or healthy uh, for us to have a high opinion of or show admiration for or appreciation or favour or awe or reverence for everyone. Not healthy. Sadly, many people are not deserving of our awe and reverence. But everyone is deserving of our consideration, our thoughtfulness, our attentiveness, our politeness, 
and our courtesy. This is what Peter means when he says, show proper respect to everyone. So that is the challenge that we must be up for as God's children, to show proper respect, not sloppy, second-hand, reluctant respect, uh, and also not over-the-top or reverence type of respect for everyone either. Proper respect, which we'll talk a little bit more about. And that's not to say that there won't be some people in your life uh, who you are a little bit in awe of or people that you show um, reverence to or favour towards. There are many people deserving of that first kind of respect. But Peter is not asking us to do that for everyone. But here in this verse, uh, by saying everyone, Peter is deliberately using very broad and wide language. He is encompassing every person that you will encounter. It's a lot of people. Even if you don't talk to someone, if they are in your vicinity, you are still called to show them proper respect. And then he goes on in this verse to get kind of more and more specific to then talk about how we treat believers, what our approach to God should be, and our attitudes toward our governing authorities. He gets more and more specific, but he starts with a very broad swipe of the brush, everyone. It's quite a challenge. I think it's easy to say, it's easy to agree with, but then when we walk out those doors and life hits us, it's a challenge. I'd say all of us here know how to show proper respect to most people, certainly towards people we like, certainly, uh, hopefully, towards people we know, people we work with. But Peter is asking us to go a step further. Everyone. It's a challenge. How is your respect to people that you pass on the street? How is your respect towards those who dislike you? How is your respect towards those who disrespect you? How is your respect towards those who bully your children? How is your respect towards those people who rip you off or rip your family off? The list could go on and on. My point is this. Jesus himself taught us, we must love our enemies, not simply those who love us. Right? Matthew 5, 43 to 47. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? It's a challenge. Now you've possibly heard a message at some point uh, about the different types of love that can be found in the Bible. So the Greek language, it separates love into four different types. I'll just go through them very quickly. 
uh, to get to the point. Eros is the love that arises uh, between a husband and wife. It is the passionate love. Then storge is the love of family, natural-born affection, parents, children, brothers, sisters. Philia is the love that is affection and tenderness towards good friends, people who have become near and dear to you. Then lastly, there is agape love. This is a sacrificial love, a love that cares and gives and works for another person's good, regardless of how that person responds. Often it is called the unconditional love, and it is the picture of God's love towards us. Agape love. And so when Jesus teaches here, love your enemies, which kind of love do you think he was meaning? He used agape love, the love that must be willed. It is a sacrificial act, a sacrificial choice, a love that cares and gives and works for another person's good, regardless of how that person responds. A love that cares and gives and works for another's good, even for those they don't know, even for those who cause them harm, even for their enemies. This love is a choice. It is a deliberate act, a deliberate sacrificial act to show consideration, thoughtfulness, attentiveness, politeness, and courtesy to everyone. Right? It sounds a lot like the call from Peter to respect everyone. Peter is taking his cues from Jesus. Peter is not just making things up or trying to be bossy. Uh, He wants to help the recipients of his letter and us to grow in our faith, to emulate Christ as children should. Right? This is what children of the light do. We use our mind and our reason and we deliberately choose to love our enemies. When was the last time I did that? When was the last time you did that? To love someone who does not show love in return. Let's be clear, this type of love is not um, a complacent acceptance of wickedness and it's not a license to sin. Uh, It's not sitting back and allowing a person to do as he pleases. It's not allowing selfishness or deception. But to truly love someone with agape love and to show them proper respect can sometimes mean speaking the truth, maintaining boundaries, helping someone move towards stopping that sin and overcoming it. Don't misrepresent what it is. Agape love is God's love. And as a Christian, we can only have that kind of love when we are filled, when we allow God's love to fill us. We say, God, let us be a vessel, right? Fill us to overflowing. And we have to pray, God, soften our hearts that we want to do this, that we want to love others as Christ loves us and as Christ loves 
them. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can have any hope of doing this. Certainly not in our own strength. Paul writes in Romans 5 verse 5, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So that is good news. If you're a Christian here today, you've asked God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, then you have God's love. Rest assured, it is there. It is in you, ready for you to give out to those around you. Never runs out, never runs dry. The more you give, the more you will be filled. Like Josh was saying in that testimony, as he gave out and showed beautiful love and respect for those around him, he was filled more and more with the joy of the Lord unexpectedly. As you give, God is so faithful. He will continue to fill you. If you have any questions in your mind, man, what does this proper respect look like? What does this agape love look like in action? Listen carefully. This is a beautiful description, uh, I think, by the Apostle Paul, Romans 12, 9 to 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What a challenge, right? Every time I read those words, I'm so challenged. God, help me to do that more and more. There is so much in there. We're not going to try and unpack all of that. Be a whole nother sermon. Just reread that again in your own time, Romans 12. The first point, though, that Paul makes in verse 9, he says, love must be sincere. It has to be sincere. In other words, it's not enough to just show respect and do a kind thing for someone uh, because there is a call here to actually let those actions be true, to let your love be true towards wanting to bless someone, no matter how they respond. We cannot have hypocrisy in our acts or the whole thing is pointless. Better not to do it. Our kind and our loving deeds, they have to be accompanied by a genuine 
heart, a genuine heart to be sincere. We have to seek God, right, to give us that revelation that every person is created in his image. Every person is so deserving of our love and respect. And remember the point of this letter here in First Peter is not simply to teach us that we are to do certain things and not do certain things, to speak a certain way and not speak a certain way. But more importantly, his heart is that we would grow to be a certain kind of people, that we would live as Christians, as children of the light. This is what it looks like. Loving our enemies. Easy to say. Very hard to do. And to live in a manner worthy of the calling which you have received. So let our love be sincere. Let that challenge our hearts this morning. Right? It forces me back to God over and over again. Let these actions, let this love be sincere. Truly wanting another person's best. You know, and of course we will all fall short of this many times, I'm sure. But don't be discouraged in that when you get it wrong. Proverbs 24.16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Psalm 73.26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Do not be discouraged when you mess it up when you show a bit of road rage instead of politeness and courtesy. Just repent. Say, God, change me. Change my heart. Help me to show proper respect to everyone. Do not be discouraged. It just turns us back to God, right? We continually admit our dependency on him to meet our needs. We will fall short, but the Holy Spirit can continue to empower us to live a little bit more like Christ every day, that our love would be sincere. I think the other difficulty uh, that we will face in showing proper respect to everyone, aside from it being sincere, is to show this respect when we have been wronged by someone. It's hard, right? Let's be real. It's hard. And there is only one way that I know of to process sin and offence and to move past it where we can truly treat uh, someone who might have hurt us with respect. And that is forgiveness. It's the only way. Forgiveness. We must offer forgiveness in our hearts continually to those who have wronged us, to those who have offended us, whether they meant to or not. There will always be people in our life, across our path, who are difficult, who are hurtful, who are rude or selfish, whatever it might be. They will sin against you. But Christ is so clear on the matter of forgiveness. He doesn't beat around the bush. 
Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Perhaps we will never be more like Christ than when we learn to truly bless those who curse us. When we forgive those who sin against us and when we suffer unjustly for his name's sake. Forgiveness, it's a powerful thing. Further on in 1 Peter 3, 9, Peter says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless those, bless. For this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Do not repay evil for evil. It is what our heart's natural inclination can be. To stand up for ourselves. But God is so clear. Love your enemies. Do not repay evil for evil. There's another way, right? God's way, the kingdom of heaven. It functions so differently to the way the world functions. It's the opposite. And God, man, he desires to use you, to use your life, to bring him glory, that your life would shine the light of the gospel to those around you, in your family, in your workplaces, that others would come into his kingdom. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is why we treat everyone with proper respect, that God would be glorified through your life. Others are watching. When people know you're a Christian, they're desperate to see the truth of it, to see the difference that it makes in your life. Let your light shine. Let it shine. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What good is it to love those who love you? Even the pagans do that. Love those who curse you. That is the challenge. That is the challenge. And as we accept this challenge and we wrestle with it and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, in that process we become a little bit more like Christ, a little bit more like his child walking in the light, bit by bit, that God would be glorified. So I hope this morning that you are challenged and encouraged to think about how to show proper respect to everyone, to love those that we might not naturally love, those who love us and those who don't love us, right? This respect is a choice, a choice, a deliberate act to show consideration, thoughtfulness, attentiveness, politeness and courtesy for those around us. And we ask God, help us do it with a sincere heart, seeking their best, and to constantly 
ask for God's help to forgive, to forgive those who sin against us, to forgive those who offend us, who hurt us. Keep your heart light. Keep your heart free, unburdened. Makes living as God's child a lot easier. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.